Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. Hey, welcome back to Church Online. We are in a series titled FaceTime, and today we're talking about consistency in your connection. And so last week we talked about the reason, and the week before that we talked about what FaceTime is all about. And so the number one relationship that we need to have or be in is with God, our Creator. And so the most important meeting you're going to have all week is with Him. The foundation for this series is found in Jeremiah 24, 7. It says, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, that they will be my people, and I will be their God, and they will return to me. They will return to me with all their heart or with their whole heart. Remember, FaceTime is a face-to-face meeting with somebody important. It means that you're 100% present and that they have your undivided attention. Back before iPhones, FaceTime was a really big deal. If you need to FaceTime, it was, we we're going to have a good conversation, right? And so when you think about your personal relationship with God, you have to identify, one, how often you look to God. And when you look, or, or when I look, how are you looking? How are you looking? You know, are you looking like uh, GM did in 2008 when they needed a bailout? Or are you looking like the first church in Acts with expectation, right? Uh, and you know, if you want to talk about seeking, there's a seek sandwich found in verses Matthew 6, 33, and then it goes all the way through to Matthew 7, 7, and that kind of bookends a se- what I call a seek sandwich. And the meat is really important of that, but what Matthew 7, 7, and 8 says is, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will, the door will be opened. So when we look, how should we look? That goes, back, that goes back to the question we just asked. And so a couple scripture references, a couple of ways to look at this. First Chronicles 16, 11 says, seek God's face always. Seek God's face always. That means at all times, on all occasions. Invite him into every situation in your life. Uh, Hebrews eleven six says, God rewards those who diligently seek him. That means those diligent is care and conscious effort, right? And then Psalm 63, 1, David says, God, you are my God. I earnestly seek you. And that is with a sincere and intense belief. I'm earnestly seeking you. And so we're, we, the way that we look is always diligently and earnestly. If you look at Psalms 9 and 10, 9 and verse 10, it says, Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, you have never forsaken those who seek you. You've never forsaken those who seek you. And we laughed and joked last week about how when we're looking, when we're seeking, we are seeking to find. And seeking lets you know that God's want, God wants to be sought after, right? And so those who know you trust you because they have a relationship with you. That's what this verse is saying. So then to always diligently and earnestly seek means we should care and remember to seek all the time with sincerity in our heart. That's that's how we're looking. So how we look is expectant, expectant. You know, in Matthew 6, 33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. So then how we look is also first, seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. In Micah 7, 7, it says, I will look to the Lord and I will patiently, I will patiently wait for him. So first and patiently. And then in Colossians 3, 23, it says, set your mind and keep focused on the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. And so focused, 
Because whatever, Philippians 4, 8 says, whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy, whatever is good, think on, think on these things. So God's will for your life is that it would be here as it will be in heaven. That's why we really pray Matthew 6, 10. And when we look to God, it's with devotion to him. It's with attention toward him because of who he is. He is the author and the founder. He's the perfecter and the finisher of our faith. So then when we look and how we look has a lot to do with our success in life. Because if you think about it for one second, you can trace all of your successes to the relationships in your life. It's not what you know, it's who you know, right? And so really you have to ask yourself, am I investing my time wisely in the right relationships? And is the number one relationship that I invest in with God? Because to make disciples, we must first be disciples. But the reality is, I don't know anybody that can move a mountain more for you than God can, right? So think about a few of the most important relationships in your life for just a second. Friend, uh, your spouse, husband, wife, your relatives. Maybe it's a teammate if you're in college sports or playing high school ball right now. Did you gain trust and depth in those relationships accidentally? Was it a one-time and now we're best friends for life. Ah, I've known you forever. Odds are you invested in that relationship. And real relationships take time. Otherwise, they're just acquaintances, right? Pretty surface level acquaintance. It's the same way with God. We don't stumble into a great relationship with God. We don't stumble into random one-on-ones with God. They're intentional. We have to be devoted and we have to be intentional and we have to prioritize our time with Him. That's why we talk so much about relationship, discipleship, community, right? We gather in community, we grow in our relationships, and we go as believers. That's what discipleship is. Now, the crazy thing is none of us view relationship building as a duty to keep up with. Oh, man, I got to go and hang out with them again, right? We love it. And the friends that we love, we love to hang out with. And the friends that we love being around, we actually find time to be with them. And if it's your spouse, you find time, like... There are so many nights where me and Heather are up. We've been married. We're going on 17 years now that we will stay up till one or two in the morning just to be with each other. Still, I'm not saying that's great. I'm not saying we're awesome. I'm just saying I want to spend time with her and she wants to spend time with me. So we do whatever it takes. That's what we do. If, if we looked at relationship building as something that we had to do, then most of the people who are close with us probably wouldn't be close to us. Right? Because they would feel like, oh, so I'm a plus one, I'm a six toe, I'm a fifth wheel, I'm an add-on, right? No, you don't think I'm not important to you, right? There's a process. And so investing in a real relationship requires love, trust, and devotion. You see that in Acts. So then it's not a transaction, it's discipline. And it's a discipline that you love to have because you love who you're with. So it's going to be hard to make friends if every time someone's nice to you, you think they want something, right? The same is true in our relationship with God. It won't happen on its own. Our relationship is a two-way street. That's why spiritual disciplines are so important because we don't approach God or seek God or come face-to-face with God for, uh, for an exchange. It's to receive. It's, well, I've, I've got to gain something. No, you don't. You just come to that time for the pure enjoyment of it and see what God does for you, right? Reality is, excuse me, <clears throat> reality is we don't always feel like reading our Bible. We don't always feel like praying, worshiping. We don't always feel like sitting and listening. 
But discipline leads to transformed desire. If you could highlight, write that down if you're taking notes. Discipline leads to transformed desire. Uh, transformed desire. So your examples are this. Eating. Eating. When I'm disciplined about eating, I lose weight. I feel better. My knees don't hurt. My low back doesn't hurt. Exercising. I'm more active. My metabolism gets boosted. I feel better. I have more energy. Saving money. Oh, man. Less stress. No anxiety. Not only will we pay our bills, we have in abundance. Wow, we're putting money in savings, right? Eliminating TV and subscriptions and all that stuff. Man, that feels good to kind of get it all cleaned up, especially after now that football season's over. Amen. And so it is the same with your spirituality. You have to get started to stay started. You have to get started to stay started. I started with three minutes per day. That was it. That was it. You know, one of my favorite quotes is motivation will get you started, but habit keeps you going. It's creating healthy habits. It's creating good habits. There is a such thing as a good habit. Now, on that front, too much of a good thing is still too much. And so you must develop healthy habits because behind the motivation that will get you there is a memory of who God is, what he did for you. There's a day, a moment, a prayer, something sticks out to you and the memory of the day that God changed your life, when you accepted Jesus, when you received Jesus, that memory is your motivation. It fuels your personal devotion. Man, because out of that, that's where everything happens. Oh, that day, that time, that moment, that prayer, that invitation, right? I'll never forget the guy who invited us. I'll never forget it. How God used him to get my family to church. Changed my life, changed my life forever. And so that motivation, that memory is your motivation. It fuels your personal devotion. And, if, and it's really why you look to God every day. You know that, that that time, that meeting, that moment, that face-to-face interaction with God, that face time with God is really what fuels the rest of your day. I call it out of the overflow. God's the one who fills our cup. It's not a job. It's not a paycheck. It's not a car or a boat. or, a, or It's not anything material. What, where we go and how we go it's because of who's inside of us. That's it's who we are, not what we do, right? And so we look to God with an expectation, and we need to understand that, that God wants the entire human race to experience that moment, the, the moment that most of us as believers remember, the day that God changed our life, the day that Jesus came into our heart. And if you've not experienced that moment, you can text me, 970-305-3475, and I would love, I would love to help you in that moment. Have a conversation, talk what it's about. Here's the deal. We see the results of that moment in Jesus' devotion and discipline during his temptation in Matthew chapter four. And I'm just gonna reference a few of these for time's sake, but after 40 days of fasting in the wilderness, which is real discipline, by the way, the devil comes and he, and he tempts Jesus, he tests Jesus three different ways. And each time Jesus overcomes these temptations, these tests with the power of scripture, with the power of truth. How did he have that? He had FaceTime with God. He had to. That's the only way they're in him. He wasn't born knowing them, right? It was engagement with God. Jesus knew that to withstand the enemy, he needed a good heart knowledge, a good heart knowledge, a belief, a belief of his father. And by investing regular time in learning scriptures and how to apply them, when the time of testing came, he overcame by truth. Not by theory. Well, drop the carry the one. It's not that. It's not that. It's truth. It's truth, not theory. 
So how regularly are you investing in your relationship with God? How often are you intentionally, we're talking about consistency in your connection, how often are you intentionally learning truth so you can overcome the battles of life? Because that's where it happens. And those, that, those moments, those wins come from those face-to-face -face moments with God, that face time with God on a regular basis, on a daily basis. So do you recognize that you need to create a healthy habit of reading your Bible? Even if it's on the Bible app, do you need to recognize that? Do you need to focus on spending time in prayer every day? Well, I pray to work. Let's take the next step because praying on the way to work is really distraction, right? Somebody's going to cut you off. Somebody's going to hit the brakes. It's going to be snowing. It's going to be raining. It's going to be something, right? There's going to be a billboard that catches your eye. There's going to be some balloon floating in the air, right? All that. that that's distracted, right? God didn't have your, whole, your full attention there. We're talking about FaceTime is important. And so do you want to connect with God through worship? Do you want to connect God to God through gratitude? through spending time outside, through your generosity. Because the reality is we never accidentally stumbled into any relationship. And you're not going to stumble into a relationship with your creator. It's He's waiting and he's ready. And so to wrap the last three weeks up, let's look at the devotion of David. And today we are talking about, if you want to write this down, the nine principles that make consistency personal. Sorry, there couldn't be more letters in there that, that match, but nine principles that make consistency personal. And so as we look at David, I want to go to Acts 13, 22. God says this, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, conforming to my will and purpose, who will do all my will. Man, that's amazing. If you know anything about David, he was not the best example. He committed adultery. He was a murderer. <laughs> he was not a great man, among a lot of other things. But God still saw good in him. And so then why is he considered a man after God's heart? It's found in this verse. He submitted to God's will. He was obedient, and he regularly repented, and he lived solely for God, even when he was a, a, a maroon, right? A numbskull. Even when he was that, he consistently came back and repented. He lived solely for God. And so I think, one, that should free you up a little bit to make you feel like, oh, wow, hey, there's hope for me, <laughs> right? There is hope for you. There is hope for you. It's not so bad. It's not so bad, right? We should all aspire to be called the same by God. Dusty, a man after God's own heart. Leslie, a, a, a girl, a gal, a lady after God's own heart. We'd probably say gal there just to keep the Jesus. A gal after God's own heart, right? And so on. So let's look deeper at David's daily devotion, his FaceTime. Let's look, look, look a little bit deeper at David's daily devotion, the FaceTime. What did it look like? What can we take from him? What can we take from his example? You know, we learn from the Old Testament. Psalms is full of it, man. What can we take from him to be better in our personal devotion to God in those one-on-ones and in those FaceTime moments with God. If we pay attention to Scripture, David describes his heart and devotion in his own writings. And if we would actually look like that, we would see it. And so I'm going to hit these fairly quickly. We should adopt these nine principles. These nine principles. Here's principle number one. I'll probably forget to get to keep counting here in a minute, so just stay with me. David was humble. David was humble. Psalms 62.9 says, Low-born men are but a breath. The highborn are but a lie, but if weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together, they are only a breath. What David is warning us here and uh, warning us uh, 
of here in Psalms 62 is trusting in men. The multitude, those of low degree, are changeable as the wind. The rich and noble seem to have much in power and, they la and, and lavish promises, but those that depend on them are disappointed. Disappointed. Weight in the balance of Scripture, all that man can do is make us happy, and that's lighter than vanity itself, is what Psalms 62.9 says. So even David, being King David, didn't think too highly of himself. He knew God is the only one who's going to bring promotion. David was humble. The second thing David was, was reverent. Reverent. It says, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. That's Psalms 18.3. God is the, what's he saying? I'm reverent. God is the ultimate. It is a privilege to meet with the maker of heaven and earth on the regular. The third thing David was, was respectful. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and my body with grief. That's Psalms 31.9. Regardless of our position, we should always know our place. David knew his place. He was respectful. The fourth thing he was, was trusting. David was trusting. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronger of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That's Psalms 27. It's my favorite. First one I ever memorized. Nothing beats a man who trusts God with his life. Nothing. The fifth thing he was, was loving. I love you, Lord. Oh, Lord, you are my strength. That's Psalms 18.1. Numerous times, it's not just Psalms 18. Numerous times, David lets us know where his heart is for God. And I think what you can take from this is, if you do everything and you do it perfect, but you do not have love, you've done nothing. Your time with God is solely about your love for him, not what you can do for him. It's good to tell God you love him. It's good to tell God you love him. It's good to tell God you love him. You should do that, right? David was devoted. I think we're on six. David was devoted. He says, you filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. That's Psalms 4, 7. Regardless of how good I have it or how much of it I have, my heart is yours, God. You have filled my heart with greater joy. Then when the grain and the wine abound, when there was plenty, when there was overflow, Lord, no matter how much I have or how good I have it, my heart is yours. The seventh thing that David was, he was honoring. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of your wonders. That's Psalms 9. No one is greater than you, God. No one is greater than you. And the, is, are we on eight? Eight. He was faithful. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is Psalms 23, 6. He was steady. He was consistent. That was seven, by the way. Steady, consistent, committed. He says, I know and I believe where the best place for me is, and I will be here, Lord, and I will be here every day of my life. I'm always going to have this with you. The eighth thing he was, was obedient. In Psalms 119, 34, says, Give me understanding and I will keep your law and I will obey it with all of my heart. Be a learner. Be a learner. Seek heart knowledge. Seek wisdom and understanding. Seek God daily. Invest your time with Him. Build great Christ-like character. Build it. The last thing David was, it's probably the first thing we need to be. That's why I believe it found itself here in this message. He was repentant. In Psalms 25, it says, For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity. Though it is great, forgive it. Forgive it. Admit when you're wrong. 
And then when you're home, say I'm sorry and let it come from your heart, not because you know you have to or you know you should. Let it come from your heart. Let your actions match your words. Have integrity. Let all repentance be led with your heart and not with your head. David was a man after God's own heart because he demonstrated his faith and was committed to following the Lord. He's a great example of how we are to be devoted and how we are to have a heart and the character of God. When it comes to FaceTime with God, I want to remind you of one last thing. I've said this to you before. God calls you friend. It's in John 15, it's John 15, 14 through 15. It says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything I have learned from my father, I've made known to you. Where do you get this at? In a FaceTime with God. You are my friends if you do what I command. That's that obedience thing. And so we know that the most important and valuable relationship that we can have in our life is with Jesus. Everything in life should start with Jesus. He is the spring of life. Here's a Henry Ford quote. Love Henry Ford quotes. Henry Ford said, Your best friend is the one who brings out the best within you. Only one person knows you from top to bottom, inside and out. Only one person knows what you have in you. And I don't know anybody greater who can bring more good out of you than Jesus can. And so we all want the people who are around us who want to get better, right? We want those people. We want people to go lock arms, like, like let's do this together, let's, let's move forward. And, and we want people who aren't content to stay in the same place. And, and what I want you to see is Jesus is the same. Jesus wants you to, to get better, but not for the sake of getting better or gaining information, but for the sake of gaining depth so you can be deeper rooted in Him, right? Because when you get better, we get better, right? Scripture tells us that He will be closer than a brother. He makes you better. This happens when you invest in your relationship with him. And when you do that, you will recognize him moving on your behalf, right? As a Christian or as a believer, knowing our why is the greatest part of the battle, right? If we're disconnected, if we're inconsistent with God, it's easy to lose our why and become like everyone else and just kind of disgusted or half-hearted. FaceTime is a face-to-face meeting with somebody important. There's no one more important. There's nobody you should be more consistent with than God. And in that FaceTime, you give 100% of your undivided attention. You are fully present. Remember, Jeremiah 24-7 is what we built this thing on. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with their whole heart, with all their heart. And so I want to recap. In your FaceTime with God, if you wrote notes for the David, the David stuff, that's awesome. In your FaceTime with God, I want to take you back to where we started. How, how do we seek We seek always, diligently, and earnestly. And we are to be in those moments we seek, we are to be expectant, focused, and patient. A regular FaceTime with God allows you to keep learning about who God is and what He has for you. With that, God can continue to expand your horizons, but only with that. It's the regular FaceTime. That's how we expand. That's how we get depth. The solution to most of life's problems is training. So learn all that you can. This is also why I encourage you to take notes or highlight. Did you know if you take notes, right? If you don't take notes, within 72 hours of sitting through this, 
you're going to forget 95% of what you hear. Learn all you can. Remember what you learn, right? Learn all you can. Remember what you learn and watch God bless you. Here's what Ecclesiastes 10.10 says, and I'll pray. If the axe is dull and you do not sharpen its edge, then you have to exert more strength. But with wisdom to sharpen the axe, you succeed with less effort. With less effort. We open this thing talking about everybody wants convenience and the easy button. What Ecclesiastes 10.10 says here, in those regular daily interactions, in those regular FaceTimes with God, I gain wisdom. And a regular FaceTime with God is my easy button. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to share your good news, your word, Lord, and how we are to be consistent and how we are to look and who we are to be when we look to you. I love you, and I thank you, Lord, for these moments. Thank you for growth. Thank you for depth. Thank you that we are better because we took the time to be present today with you in this message. Lord, thank you for taking it and making people better, helping them to walk closer with you. I love you, and I'm grateful, Lord, for your word, that it's alive, that it's true, that it's steady, that it's consistent, Lord, that it will be and last and stay true forever. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to build our lives on that in daily time with you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, here's your action step today. Choose one of the nine. Choose one of the nine principles, right? Well, Dusty, what were those? First of all, before you choose one of the nine, you're going to have to be a son or a daughter after God's own heart, right? So we're going to choose one principle to be in your daily FaceTime with God. Here's what they were. Humble, reverent, respectful, trusting, loving, devoted, honoring, faithful, obedient, and repentant. Whoops, I guess that's 10. You're welcome, okay? (laughs) So I learned how to count today. Daily discipline leads to transformed desire, transformed desire. And so then if you partner with us financially, thank you. I'm grateful for you. Next week, uh, we'll be live at the Grove with Dennis Murphy. He'll be giving his testimony on in our live version. Online, I'll be here with you to finish our series. But Dennis uh, Murphy, who is our sound guy here at the Grove, is going to be giving his testimony live. He's going to talk about the four Gs from the ghetto to the Grove, how he got clean, how God, how a FaceTime moment with God changed his life forever. And so I hope you'll be here for that. I pray now that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. I pray the perception of your mind will be enlightened so that you know his hope, his calling, and his purpose are for you and the great things that he has in store for you. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good week. Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public service men and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. So go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner, or you can visit livefreedefined.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.